Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Bad end episode one one one. That's one eleven for all of you who don't know how to put numbers together in a way that they make sense. Uh, we are <laughs> bad end podcast back after a long restful break over the winter. We played some video games. We watched some movies. Josh and I didn't talk at all. Uh, as far as I can remember, um, Kyle's been Kyle. You're like a, you're a busy guy. You're a hard I'm, man I'm to get a, hold of these days. I'm a, busy, I'm a busy man. And I, you know, I make myself available sparingly. Josh, you're the first person <laughs> to like, I felt so seen. Cause one time I don't remember when I'm trying to remember when it was, but you were like, you're like, Kyle can be really extroverted for like one day and then has to like disappear for two weeks. And I was like, yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it's like. So as extroverted as I may sound in this podcast, I promise you most of the time I'm fucking quiet unless I get mad on the internet and then I get a little loud, mm. but that's I'm when you're often, at your best. <laughs> <laughs> at my best. When the, when the takes are rolling, uh, that's when it's real good. Firing um, on all cylinders. Yeah. So we're back to talk to you all about video games. Um, I'll let you know if you're listening in the future, this is currently end of January, 2022. So we got some big stuff coming down the pipe. I want to talk about first, but also we're going to be talking about stuff we played over the past few weeks slash months. So not going to be a ton of new stuff because all the cool stuff for 2022 is not out yet. And Josh Calixto of bad end podcast. What are you more excited for? Pokemon legends, Arceus, Arceus. or Pokemon Legends Elden Ring? <laughs> um, I have no like hype in my heart for Elden Ring. So really, I'm like I like FromSoft. I'm not l- the guy who's super pumped about every FromSoft release. How do you feel for about some George reason? R. R. Martin? Um, love him. Just kidding. I don't. I don't <laughs> care either way. I've seen all of Game of Thrones. I think he's but. a weenie. I think he's a weenie deep down. Like, I think, I think oh, H- oh, HBO is like trying 100%. to make him seem like a cool get. And you're like, I think he's just a fucking nerd. Like, I don't think he doesn't give me like even cool nerd vibes. Like dude's just a nerd. Like, old yeah, I school. feel like once you've had one George RR R. Martin, you've, you've seen them all. You yeah. Know? Like, it, it's, like it almost feels like a fluke that that got picked up. HBO was like, what trashy fantasy series sells better than average at Barnes and Noble? And they're like, oh, well, well, Brandon Sanderson, I think is like racist. And they're like, Tolkien's <laughs> been done to death. So what a state is like, you know, what could we do? And they're like, well, let's do Game of Thrones because that seems possible. Well, it's like and once you've seen George the first Martin's like holding a bag of potato chips and he's like, me. <laughs> once you've seen the first season, you're it's like, I saw the first season. I'm like, damn, this show can really go places. Like they've proven this show can go places. Well, and then it, like it does. Your first HBO, it goes right? to the like, exact same place every single who, like, time. But everyone like, like what were you watching on HBO before game of Thrones? Right? Like you were probably watching True not Blood HBO. Or some shit. Maybe like, but like you weren't watching HBO. So I think you see something on HBO and you're like, they could show boobies on television. Fuck. And like, that was like the thing. And like some dude's head gets cut off. Now it's just normal to see boobies on the TV. Um, you know? Yeah, I see. So you're not hyped for Elden Ring. How do you feel about Pokemon? So actually we found out listeners before this podcast started recording that I've been saying, and Josh has been saying Pokemon legends, Arceus. 
because that sounds like the name of a Pokemon and how you would pronounce something spelled A-R-C-E-U-S in the English language. Turns out it might actually be pronounced Arceus to which I have to say, what the fuck? (laughs) I mean, can you, that's like a mispronouncing Pokemon names is like a crucial part of being a Pokemon experiencer, you know? Like just being yeah. being a fucking fifth grader and just listening Pica- to kids Pikachu? butcher butcher Pokemon names in your presence just all day and just being like <laughs> this is these kids don't fucking have any culture, man. Well, no one. The internet doesn't exist. YouTube didn't exist. Ponita, like, Ponita, po- Ponata, like Ratatat. Oh, that one's still hard. Yeah, Rat- Ratata, <laughs> Ratatat, Ratata. Uh, I mean, the list goes on. Pidgeot? (laughs) Pidgeot. Give me your best Pidgeot. I'll do it over here away from the mic. Pidgeot! (coughs) Excuse me. (laughs) It took a lot out of me. (coughs) That's that's what I got. Pidgeot! Yeah, that's a huge part of Pokemon. So anyways, I've been getting it wrong. So yeah, if you're listening, I'm saving you the social shame at your lunch hour when you try to talk about the hot new game from Game Freak. Arceus. Say, yeah, if you're ever around children, make sure you say that right. The best part about this pronunciation too is that you get to sound like a total asshole and no one will believe you and it'll actually probably put you in worse social standing because it doesn't make any sense. Um, I'm, however, very excited for Arceus. Uh, I was like never a graphics train hater. Are you aware of this, by the way, Josh? I'm looking at my other monitor because you're over there. Do you know about like the hate that's happening for this game right now? Uh, yeah, because like the graphics are bad or something. Dude, like there's like a full on hate force going on on like Reddit a little less now, but like everyone in their fucking sister on the Pokemon and like games subreddit and stuff is just like determined to hate the shit out of this game because the graphics didn't look very good. Well, reviews are coming in and people are like, yeah, it looks bad, but the game's really good. And people are like, no, I've like devoted my whole life to being a person who identifies by someone that hates this game. And maybe it's good. It's like the whole, like, it's the whole, like, I wanted to like this game. It's like, I wanted to hate this game. It's like, why do you yeah, want yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. It's anything, that. bro? Like, I'm going to just, just pull I, up some Reddit comments. Just keep, keep need, talking. We for need a to second. have a psychologist on this show to talk about the, just <laughs> the mental gymnastics that go behind, like, hate? wanting to like or hate I wanted to hate like, this game so much. Yeah, why? it's like, nobody ever stops to, to be why? like, wait, let's, let's unpack that, bro. Like, why? Can I ask you why? Um, can we talk, let's talk about video games that we played. Yeah. Wait, can we just talk about, I guess Elden Ring is coming out. I'm excited for Elden Ring. I don't care about Grim. I don't care about, I care about From Software. I play all of their games, but I'm not like a huge fan. Maybe I am a fan. I am like passively excited for all of the Steam games that are going to be on our Godi list that nobody has ever about. heard of. Yeah. That nobody has heard of. Yeah. yeah because it's just some random ass game from some random studio that ends up being the absolute shit. Cause those are the best games like of these past few years to me. It's the stuff that you're not waiting for. I've been feverishly checking the steam global top sellers. Um, find out what's hot sifting through the hentai games and 
<laughs> playing all of them, just figuring researching out what like. how how to <laughs> how research. to how to set my Steam to private playing uh, mode, <laughs> incognito mode. Dude, the the fucking balls to buy a hentai game on Steam and just play it. I'm like, I would never do that. Like, that's like yeah, me either. Like, that's I don't, exactly I don't want there I'm to saying. be any sort of like public ledger of my engagement with a hentai <laughs> game. Not because I think hentai is like bad or like wrong, bro. But because like, like I don't want like my porn history to be associated with my steam account. Just the hubris that steam has like as a platform is kind of wild when you think about it. Like I'll be playing a game on stream and then just your friend is playing this game uh, somewhere else <laughs> that nobody cares about. It's like, Bro, why do you have to show me this? Like, stop popping up notifications when my friend starts playing a game that's totally irrelevant to what I'm playing right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I have been playing games on Steam. Hentai games? I think not like... Hent of the hent not of the hentai variety, but of the fun variety. Did you play... Um, what was it called? It was called like Bright Memory or something. It was like this crazy like Bayonetta style kind of like action game it was bright something you know what i'm talking about no let's see bright bright memory i was close bright mm. memory it's almost like so don't <laughs> i put neither of us have played this game but it's like i think it might it's supposed to be like a single developer or some like crazy thing but it's just like incredibly beautiful oh well you could do video on the on the video you should pull up a pull up a video oh yeah of let's see it's sort of like crisis meets like final fantasy 15 and like the vibe um right memory i thought you oh, might yeah. i thought this has like been a big top seller recently Ooh, it's this like looks, kind of a demo this looks like it's got good graphics it's got real good graphics baby there's this company called ico partners that does like steam market analysis stuff and they send out a newsletter every week that's like um like steam top oh, sellers this or looks lit yeah dude it's like a it call looks, of duty yeah right mixed with like a heavenly sword yeah metal you gear can, rising that's what i'm saying that's what i told you man okay um, this looks lit uh but anyways this this like uh this newsletter goes out every week and i read it because i'm interested in this stuff and like just seeing the stuff that like is like actually popular with like the people on steam versus like what reviewers are talking about is always it's like we're like, it's like fully divorced. Like granted, like reviewers will talk about like stuff that's big, like the, the new rainbow six game or like battlefield 2048 or like, you know, whenever, um, Elden ring comes out, right? Like those things are going to sell well. Yes. The people, those talk about those, but like there are games that perform better than those games somewhat often on steam. Um, yeah. And I think people really discount that. Because these games don't have like, you know, giant marketing departments that can like make the global yeah. Just because like the about. press junket wasn't as big, like that's yeah. literally it. And does that mean the games are worse sometimes? Does that mean they're also really good? Yeah, sometimes they're really good. And so, I mean, I'm sort of with you. Like, just I look at these things pretty often, and if I see a game in the top list that I like don't know about, I look it up, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like this, right? Like. This game is, it's $8 on Steam. It's sort of like somewhat of like a tech demo, but it is like kind of a playable, I think it's like two hours long maybe. 
And it's like, this game was tearing up the steam charts and I've heard nobody talk about this before. Well, that's when you see like um, the big, the big holes in game journalism, right? Cause it's like, it's not like every game that ever gets good coverage and like continuing coverage is the most popular game out there. It's just that like you see game journalists like bias. It, it, that is the stuff that they are like predisposed to liking often appears way more in game journalism and often in a disproportionate amount related like in relation to like what is actually selling really well at the time, you know? Um, and I, I, I mean, I'm not saying like game journalists bad, blah, 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 or anything like that, but that that is like an inherent thing in game journalism that is like a problem with it. Yeah. Um, it's like, a, it's a, it's like, I think, yeah, not to get on like some pedestal about like our games, like it takes, it takes time to write stuff and there's like a limited budget of time. So the thing that you're going to take time to like get into that, a game. Yeah. It's like you the thing you're going to write about is the thing that is going to like, hopefully generate the most interest. And like, unless you run a site that is like dedicated to carving out a space to talk about stuff like bright memory, like you're probably not going to talk about bright memory. You're going to talk about battlefield 2048 and like whatever's going on there. Um, and that's like fine, but it just means that if you're, if you're someone who likes trying new stuff, like you can't just count on games journalism to do it anymore in part because there's like way more shit coming out. I think that's like Josh sort of what you were saying. Like there's games that come out now that like only exist kind of become because like steam exists as a distribution platform. Like one thing that I was playing a lot over the break was a crab game. You played any crab game? No. Dog, you got to play crab game, man. So crab game is uh <laughs> still talking about crab game. I love it. Dog, dude, crab game is fun, man. So crab game is like uh it's a basically a squid game <laughs> adaptation that's like very low budget, free to play, but like it's fucking fun and ridiculous. And like the only way crab game works is because you have like I think Steam's got like something like 27 million active users. So if like 0.00001% of those people buy your game, like you could be a millionaire, <laughs> like, which is sort of crazy thing to think about. Um, so like these games will pop up that are able to like capture interest in a way that can like serve like the niches of niche in terms of how steam defines its audience and still be like very successful. So you don't have to just produce something that like sells really well on the shelf of like a Walmart. You can make a game that like, through Steam's like algorithmic recommendations get surfaced to a certain number of people that will like find interest in your thing. And so I think that's some of the most interesting like effects of a digital distribution platform that it allows like weird stuff to rise. Um, so yeah, I don't know. What else have you seen, Josh? What's like some weird, like big on steam, but nobody talks about things that you got. There's this game called warm snow. Never heard of it. <laughs> it's like a Chinese action rpg roguelike type thing like okay, it, the okay. combat looks it looks kind of like um hades a little bit as from a gameplay perspective it's got that like smooth vibe to it um just really fluid gameplay it's Ooh. like super chinese it's like super chinese in that like the, pull up the video for the viewers the, for the the multimedia experience the like translations and stuff are really rough what, what did i say it was called <laughs> bright warm snow oh no sorry snow? warm snow warm snow that's when you pee in the snow <laughs> yeah that's warm 100 percent. what <laughs> warm this is all like is warm snow 
Yeah, I see it on All Steam. All these things are like... It's got this like almost like paper crafty type look. And it's, the, I guess like the central mechanic is that like you have these swords that you can shoot out and recall to yourself. And then they do Ooh. damage as you recall them back to you. Dude, that was the best build cool. in Hades was to use the sword or the, oh, the, the spear. shield. The shield. No, you could throw the, well, I guess the spear too. But the shield, where, like the blitz shield, yeah, where you yeah, throw yeah. it out. It bounces and just, like, off all of the like, enemies. Yeah. You fucking that like. Was, like the I think that was the first was one I beat the game with. Was what it was maybe the, the shield? What were the yo-yo brains where you could like, you could like walk the yo-yo? Remember this? Yo-yo brains? Did yo-yos ever catch on over in Southern California? I feel like yeah, yeah, yeah. There we had a we had a yo-yo era. Mega brain? What, there was there was yeah, the, yeah. It was like the brain. Yeah, there was like some there was some machine mechanical thing in there that let it just I feel like continuously. It yeah, it was like. I think it might have even just been like the brain or something like that. Like, it's called the brain. Yeah. Yeah. Like Yo Yo Brain by Yo Mega. Yo Mega. Yo Mega. Talking about a 90s name, man. The dude, the Yo Yo Meta must be so much further along. I don't these even want to go on like, YouTube and look at what's going on right now. There's, anyways, yeah, it's been evolving. Anyway, Warm Snow. Warm Snow's got the Yo Yo Meta down. It is a cool, but I've been playing another game that I found out about on oh, Steam. Wait. Can I guess? Can I guess? What? Is it Vampire Survivors? No. Okay. Well, go ahead. No. And I don't I don't even know if this game is like just a Steam phenomenon, but it feels like it could be, which is um Ender Lilies. Have you all heard oh, of heard this? Of the, I I heard I heard this game. I heard yeah. about Ender Lilies. It's like it's basically like Hollow Knight, but you're this like cute anime girl character instead of like the white face oh sorry you didn't say the subtitle eyes. quietus of the knights quietus of the knights yeah of the knights it's uh it's a metroidvania side scrolly platformery combatty type thing the aesthetic is what what seals the deal and i the, the way i would describe <laughs> this the way i would describe <laughs> this game's aesthetic is like um, wallpaper engine yeah. as a game. Yeah, I see it. You know, it's like, it's this like calming anime. It looks like someone, anime. someone would take a screenshot of this game and like post their like Unix terminal on like a desktop thread. Yeah. Where they're yeah. like, check out my Deviant setup. art core <laughs> fucking. Um, yeah, I, that being said, like it's smooth. It's smooth as hell. It's like, it's got a lot of frames. You, you know, it's just, uh -huh. You feel like those frames. smooth frames going on and um, it's the combat and stuff is it's, it's fun in the same vein that hollow Knight is. It's not as interesting as hollow Knight yet from what I've seen as far as like the sheer madness of where you end up going, but I'm not super, super far just yet. Um, but it is like scratching that same like surface level itch. Like just it seems like you um you don't fight directly, you like summon people that like attack. Is yeah. that true? It's yeah, so you don't actually do the fighting yourself. You have these like quote summons, but you know, when you slash, you got a guy who like comes out and slashes for you, but it feels like you're the one who's slashing as you're playing the game. But that's like kind of a cool little mechanic to it. You got like basically like Estus flasks where you have like a certain amount of self-heals as you play the game. 
Um, there's like dashes and new kind of movement techniques that they unleash as you progress further in the game and powers and stuff like that. And, you know, some, some upgrading systems and shit like that. But it's not, it's not too complex. It's nothing like crazy. Um, but I kind of like it for that simplicity. And you know what? Wallpaper engine, I've had these moving backgrounds and it's kind of nice, man. You got, you know, you, you close your windows, you minimize your windows and you got like a little smooth rain in the background or like some still image from your name. Um, <laughs> which is like what I used to have and just like a meteor shower in the, in the background. And it's just this kind of calming desktop presence. This game is like that. And the music is, uh, I don't, you can't, only the stream. The trailer had just like this, piano. The trailer yeah. was like, it was like Baroque piano. Yeah. It's like a castle. This kind of, it kind of, this kind of reminds me of like the near soundtrack. It's some of the yeah. calm moments, but it's, <laughs> it's a vibe. It's a vibe. It's, it's not the greatest game you'll play, but I'm, <laughs> I am going to beat this game straight up. Do I'm it. going to beat this game. I, was playing, I, um, I don't say that as like, a, it's an accomplishment, but like, it's a game that is just, it's like one of the few that I will go all the way through. Yeah. I'm playing a Metroidvania as well. I'm playing, um, I'm playing grime, which I had mentioned, I think on the, the goatee of wanting to get to. Um, and it's like, uh, also Metroidvania. Um, I don't know. It's, it's so hard to talk about these games without, I don't know. You're, you're like a rock kind of, you're like a, you're a rock. Basically like the, um, you start out as kind of like a formless body made of like stone. And then the whole game is you're running around, you're like getting better weapons because it's Metroidvania. But then also there's like, there's a countering is like a core mechanic. So most things have like specific timings that you kind of like parry them. Um, and it's just got like, it's like well-made. It's got pretty good character design. The world, like the the style of writing is like very Dark Souls-esque, but with like a little bit more um, kind of humor. Like you're made out of stone. And so like everyone around you is also made out of stone, but they're like made out of uglier stone. Like they're more misshapen stones. <laughs> and you'll like walk up to them and one of them like loves you. And they're like, wow, I've never imagined such gorgeous symmetry before. And it's like stuff like that, mm. uh, which is really fun. But like the gameplay is like, yeah, so this Josh is showing the video now of the game. So you're you're like running around attacking stuff, but then you're trying to kind of block these parries at very opportune times. And the level design is really good just for a Metroidvania. It kind of like it's more Dark Souls-esque in the sense of like having areas that kind of loop back in on each other. And it's less Metroidvania style where there's like gated doors. This aesthetic is like skills. clearly ripping Dark Souls. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like that, but then like it goes a little bit beyond that. Like later in the game, like I think this first step, yeah, it's like you're in a cave surrounded by rocks, and honestly, getting through this stuff is like kind of boring. But there's like just enough like interest in things kind of happening a little later on, and like some of the weapons you get are cooler, and they have like different attacks and styles. But it's just like well made, and like it feels good to move around in. Um, and obviously, you're upgrading skills, you're upgrading your like level points and stuff, and there's like a pretty simple like itemization system for gear. Um, and I've been enjoying it. I don't know. It's, I haven't really, I haven't really resonated with the Metroidvania recently, but I have really been enjoying um, running around in this game. So I think I'm going to beat grime too. This is like my, this is my go-to kind of like 
let's play a video game tonight game right now. Not Sekiro. Um, uh, we could talk about Sekiro. Well, so I'm playing Sekiro, which I have here on the Discord. Uh, if you want to join the Discord, patreon.com slash bad end. Throw us a few dollars and come join our Discord and talk about video games. We talk about video games all the time. And we talk about a lot of other stuff too, but a lot of video games. Um, I'm playing Sekiro, which I want to talk about, but I also want to talk about the fact that I'm playing Sekiro because I beat Bloodborne. And I talked about this before, but fucking Bloodborne is good, man. Did you beat, have you beaten Bloodborne? Did no. you play Bloodborne? Yes. <sighs> I never beat it. I got to like where it's, you start seeing uh, aliens. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's like, it's good. I, I like, I, I Sekiro is still my favorite. That I, I think like, I'll just, so what I'll say about Bloodborne when we talk about Sekiro, because obviously Bloodborne is now almost eight years old, I think, which is sort of crazy. It's like, it, it's also, I don't know what, fuck, I want to talk about, but I want to do a, like a AP history compare and contrast I say Bloodborne Sekiro. The DBQ? The DBQ. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Han Empire. Oh, sorry. Han China, Roman Empire. Bloodborne is just like, it's at least from the lineage of like Dark Souls 1, 2, Bloodborne 3. I haven't played 3 yet, to be clear. But like, Bloodborne is like such a perfect like distillation of like the Dark Souls or the formulate out in like Dark Souls one from like a playing perspective that it's like the best version so far that I've played. I can have played three of that sort of like interlocking vertical level system. Um, but also with just like a fucking whacked out cool story. I like there's spoilers for Bloodborne. Um, like, and it is like, if you haven't played Bloodborne and you want to play it, skip the next like five or six minutes of the podcast because there is <clears> cool <throat> stuff in this that happens and I'm going to start spoiling it now. Josh, you can have me spoiling something about Bloodborne. Yeah, it's fine. Do you care? Okay. It's not like major spoilers, but like, so basically spoilers start now. So Bloodborne is like generally set in sort of this like Victorian era thing. And the game is like effectively Lovecraftian, but like, you know, that, that, that phrase, a lot of baggage. And it's the first thing that I've seen, like actually sort of tackle like the Cthulhu style mythos in a way that is like not hammy. Like it, like, and part of the reason that happens is because like, what's really cool about Bloodborne, especially compared to I guess maybe there's a template for this in like the, the lore of like Dark Souls two and one, but in dark in, in Bloodborne, there's two very prominent stories so there's the story of like um, basically like Yarnum, like the city that has to do with like uh, basically this town that became like sort of rife with like beasts at one point. And there's this like corrupted church that's involved in this thing called like blood ministration, which has to do with like achieving purity of like the body. And then like maybe there were beasts, but then like the church started like meddling too much and the society starts to crumble. But then like that, so that plot is happening and that plot would be like enough to carry most games. Like that that plot would carry dark souls one. You'd like fight the head of the church or whatever. But then what happens in bloodborne is that another plot comes in, which is this like cosmic horror plot. So like the church is like doing its thing. And as part of this like ascendant behavior, they basically like, touch the cosmos, so to speak. And then like the aliens basically come and start like fucking with everything. 
So you've got this like fucking weird, like mishmash that are both like interesting stories that sort of combine to form this like Lovecraftian esque thing, but it's not about like finding Cthulhu or something. So you've got this like weird story about like this, like the, this healing church thing. And obviously when it's a dark souls game and something's called like healing church, it's obviously evil. And then you've got like <laughs> weird interpretations of what it means to be like part of a choir and like, all this like dark souls e like church Victorian shit. Plus this like from software interpretation of like Cthulhu mythos stuff. that's like mixing together and it just makes the whole thing be like, it just sings. Like once you're like in it, you're just like, fuck yes. Like this is just really cool. <laughs> and this is a great gateway to talk about Sekiro. Cause Sekiro is like none of this so far. Like I'm finding Sekiro from like a story standpoint, so boring and maybe that's because like I'm a fucking white dude playing a game about like Japanese, like samurai stuff. And I've never been a person who's like been super into like samurai and like, I don't know. Oh, oh like Bushido blade. You gotta play more. Care. You gotta like, play more. Ninja, you gotta Ninja play Gaiden more. You gotta play care. more. I know, but like, the, but I can like, but like even from bloodborne, like the roots are there so early on for having a really compelling story. And that stuff is just like, I'm not picking up on it in Sekiro or, or what's also true is that, I'm playing it so close to having played Bloodborne and still in like Bloodborne hangover that I'm like, ah, it just sort of feels like a worse version of the thing I just played <laughs> from a narrative perspective. We can talk about the gameplay in a second, but I think like just to start like the, the, like the conceit of Sekiro so far, it feels like it's engaging with the dialogue that like I'm not a part of. So, and I don't, and I don't just mean that like, like culturally, like I'm, that I'm not a Japanese person but like specifically the sort of lineage and dialogue of like how you tell a game about like samurai and or sorry how you tell a story about samurai and stuff i'm like just at a baseline less interested in that also i would not have been someone to self-describe as someone who likes cthulhu shit or like lovecraftian shit before bloodborne and i still wouldn't say that i am so i'm sort of like waiting for like the fucking coin to drop and sekiro to be like oh, okay this is what we're doing because right now i'm like yeah you're still you're still like very early in that game like there's still a lot of story stuff to josh and i were talking for the podcast to be clear so he knows that i'm currently at lady butterfly trying to kill this old woman yeah so Um, he's still he's still early in the game and there's a lot more to be revealed there story-wise um i'm just like but like bloodborne is just like like the stuff it's doing is like that feels, it felt fresh. Like it felt really fresh in a way that for a material that's like so fucking overdone. Like it's, it's, it's sort of less a thing in like video games, but like in board games, especially like they're like Arkham horror. Like there's like so much Cthulhu shit in board games and all of it is bad. Like, or like the best you get of it is the stuff that sort of like subverts it and like makes it be kind of funny. But like, I like to see someone like actually tackle this sort of theme that has historically been impossible to tackle in a way that like can actually convey the feeling that racist ass HP Lovecraft was like trying to get at is like pretty rare. And like Bloodborne actually does that and sort of delivers on a lot of those promises. I think it could have gone even further. And I feel like there's like, there's, there's ways, especially at the end of the game, you're like, oh, fuck, like. I wanted to like do, I wanted it to go even weirder. And I feel like there's, there's, there is like, there's a way it could do that. But like, just in terms of that, that like package, man, like 
it's hard to beat that. Like that's just real good. Like it's real good. Uh, and not only that, but the game feels fucking great to play. And like the levels are designed well. And like, it's got a lot of memorable areas. And I'm like, that's, this game's real good. Like it's real good. And yes, I mean, I still do intend to go back and play through the rest of Bloodborne because I had the exact same thoughts about it when I played, was playing through it. I just, um, is it still only on PlayStation? Is it on PC now? I think it's only, um, actually I want to say it's only on PlayStation. I played it on PlayStation four. I think it's still only on PlayStation. I think there might've been like rumors of like a Bloodborne PC version, but I don't know. That sucks. Yeah. I don't know. I want it on PC. But Sekiro, Sekiro, let me talk about Sekiro for a second. Sekiro, I'm not sold on it yet, but I'm still interested. And I want to, I like, I trust from software. I like, I believe that they make good games. And what I will say too, just at the start, is that after playing Bloodborne and Dark Souls 1 and 2, to see a game as like athletic as like Sekiro, like come out of From Software and like really nail it is really surprising and it feels great. Like I was not expecting jumping in a From Software game to like ever feel as good as it does in Sekiro. Like the, the, like to go from a, like games that are like so much about you being like rooted in position mm-hmm. and like holding so strong to go with something that is like so much more fluid. I'm like, these are, these people are like fucking world-class because like, you know, you, you don't like make call of duty for like 30 years and then like make halo. Yeah. Like you would think they just couldn't do that. You would just yeah. think they were just incapable and then they do it and it's really fucking good. And you're well, like, like, even watching like, wait, I don't know if you were streaming, but you'd post some videos or something. But I was like watching second. I was like, I bet that feels like ass, like to like jump over there and like fucking whip your like grappling hook out to go warp. I bet that feels terrible. And you do it and it's like, it feels fucking good. Yeah, and I'm it feels like, really oh my, good. like, I was like, this is like that, like just that at a baseline. I was like, even like amongst games that are about acrobatics, like this game feels as good, if not better than most of them, which is like blowing me away. Um, I want to talk about a couple games that I've also been playing that are, I think these are bound to be, if not already are classics. Um, but first, Damn. I mean, well, the first one I'll talk about is Soma because Soma Ooh. came out in like 2015 or something like that. It's, it's right. a somewhat old game, but I hadn't played it. I like Frictional's games. I played Amnesia Rebirth, whatever that like latest one was. I, I enjoyed it to an extent like it wasn't the best thing ever, but Soma is that game is one of the best like ever. Maybe maybe one of the best That's games crazy. ever made. Yeah, that's crazy to hear. Yeah, and I well, I wasn't expecting. I had heard very good things about it. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to play it. But yeah, it's in my opinion one of the best games ever made. It's. I think that game was like, it wasn't like panned on release, but it was basically like passed over because people were like, oh, "That's not Amnesia." <laughs> like no one talked about it. It's it's sort of been described as like walking sim esque, but it's yeah. it's you know, it's like amnesia and that it's kind of like a survival horror E type thing. You're not just like looking at logs all day, but I mean, if you are not swayed on, like you can watch a trailer for this game and not understand what is happening, but it is a deeply philosophical game, which sounds obviously a little bit annoying at first, but (laughs) it's like, it is presenting you with these intense 
philosophical conundrums that you just you have to just the horror is thinking about the the implications of everything that is happening to you in this game which is just it's just absolutely fucked in a lot of situations just mentally thinking about what all this stuff means about the self about consciousness about what it means to like be alive what a soul is Damn. existence and it's like it's putting you in situations that make you directly confront these ideas and it's just constantly throwing them at you and it makes you do stuff that is like kind of it's it's wild like just stuff that you would never expect to be doing um firsthand even if it is in the context of a game uh I, I don't really know how to describe it besides that. Like, do you know anything about what this game is or what it, what no. it is, what's, what it's, it's like about? A, it's like a, I mean, I know it's like psychological sci-fi horror from like my recollection of it, but that's like describes, I don't know. I just talked about Bloodborne for five minutes. I feel like it's sort of similar in thematic. It's like, that's like the most like generic theme on like in games now. So I don't know. Yeah, it's hard for me to like map any feeling to the game outside of knowing that. And then because that's so sort of generic, it's hard to say why. I don't yeah. want to give it away like what's happening in this game. But I also feel like if I say the basic like groundwork of what's happening, people would be more likely to play it, you know? Yeah, like you got to kind of I think that's probably the issue with the game or why it was like. Yeah, because you look at you look at like, a couple screens and it's like, oh, it's just like a scary game, but sci-fi horror game. Yeah, yeah. I I'll, just say I'll play, tell you what, what was. Let me tell the, you, Kyle, because you probably won't be interested until you maybe oh hear God, it. I want to try. Yeah, give me, give me, give me, give me enough to wet. Okay. My yeah. So let's buds. do it this way. This is going to be a spoiler, not an mm -hmm. actual spoiler, spoiler, but somewhat of a st spoiler about what like the concept of this game is. If you already want to play it, skip this. But if if you think you need like a little bit more, maybe potential convincing, if, if maybe you want to hear a little bit more about what's happening, listen on. Um, the, the game opens with you like you've just uh, you've gone through this traumatic car crash in which someone uh, very close to you passes away, but you survive. You have brain damage and you are about to undergo this um, like potentially revolutionary new therapy to get treated, um, to like fix your brain essentially. And you go in and you're going to like take a brain scan and you sit down in the chair and like they lower down the thing over your head. And, uh, like this, like light goes off as they're doing the brain scan and it's, you lift, you lift off the brain scan thing and you're in like a spaceship all of a sudden. It's not an actual spaceship. You're actually underwater and it's a totally different world. It's a totally different situation. You are in totally unfamiliar space. Um, and yeah, there's, I, I feel like I need to reveal like what is happening and why this know, has happened. Wanna... Um, but there are reasons for it that are, absolutely mind-boggling maybe we should maybe we should do like a like a let's all play soma cast that, like honestly a, like a, it's like a bad it is a super up. culture review level Ooh. game 
Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Because just every, there will be like a single scenario where you, you, you have to do one thing like, oh, kill this robot or something. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, like you do it and you're just like, what? what does this mean? Like, what is this? What are the fucking implications of all that's just happened in just doing one simple action like that? And just the extent to which they've packed this game with that stuff is, I I don't know. Like if you, there's a lot of material out there on like YouTube and stuff, video essays, like why this is like one of the most underrated games ever. Like I, I obviously like any good game, I immediately started looking for stuff about this game afterwards, like things that people have written. I watched like multiple hour long video essays about it just to like unpack what I had just experienced. It's that type of game. Um, Damn. Oh yeah. It's, it's a, it's an all timer. What was the, what was the prompt to make you play? I had been wanting to play it forever. I hadn't, I was like at a point in my like game catalog where I was like, you know what? It's just, it's time to play Soma, you know? And I did I know if it was like on the greatest deal in gaming Xbox game pass or not. No, I've, it's been in my library for like, <laughs> like four years. <laughs> the yeah. greatest deal in gaming are is the games I bought 10 years ago. Yeah. That's the best deal. Yet. Like you paid for a long time ago already. <laughs> but oh, I own Soma. Nice. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it's one of those games where it's just like people just so happen to have it in their just library without the realizing. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about seven, eight hours. So not that crazy. Um, there's some cool puzzles and stuff in there. I, it is scary, but I don't think it's prohibitively scary. I, you know, played it alone. I would play it at night. You know, it's not, it's not too bad. The lack of puzzles piques my interest. I think, I think in playing like amnesia, I was like, I don't fucking care about puzzles unless I'm playing like a puzzle game, which if I knew it was a puzzle game, I wouldn't play it. I don't really want to do puzzles. You can also like put it on easy. I would just put it on easy mode or whatever, where you can't even die. Mm. I would just do that. I'm fine with dying. I just don't want to like, but like even then, dude, I don't want to, like, I don't want to, I don't want to like solve amnesia puzzles. Like this for is bullshit. Me, like it undercuts. I it. never had any, I don't think this game gave me any problems with puzzles. And the ones that the things that were puzzles were kind of just like, clever little like things that you have to do or, or sure. they're just like encouraging exploration type yeah, yeah, puzzles yeah. i just think i think puzzles in these types of games are like can be vibe killers where you're like being chased by the monster and you're like yeah it's like, to, like oh, do this like do this block hacking puzzle. thing yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like i thought it was supposed to be scary now i'm just like mad i can't figure out like the way you want me to connect these wires but yeah um, okay that's interesting I mean, I will say, I don't know if like it's in the, it's in the water, but apparently there were like 5,000 people watching this on Twitch today for some reason. Watching what? Soma? Yeah. Really? Something, something like in the water. Maybe some big streamer was like, oh, I'm going to try Soma today. You know? Yeah. That sounds likely. Um, These these things happen. I also played another game that I think is, it would have been on my goatee list last year. Not my number one goatee, but up there um top five which is ultra kill Mm, bring a video of this up this has got some good bad end video video capture this is holy moly y'all this game (laughs) ultra kill is i've seen it dubbed a movement shooter or slash a boomer shooter um 
but it, it's it, it's kind of like you know quake or tribes or doom in the sense that it's all about movement it's about you know switching between guns knowing the mechanics uh having this like kind of fluid way of moving and and getting around and having an intricate understanding of the level design and how you can kind of interact with the levels and verticality of a level. Uh, but it's also just like wildly creative in almost everything I've experienced of it, save for perhaps the first like level, um, which is really trying to ease you into the game and feels kind of normy for a bit. It just feels like, <laughs> oh, I'm just playing fucking Quake or some shit. But then, you know, it's it's easing you in right where you're you're getting these weapons and you're 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 getting used to how the game works. And once you start getting the hang of it, they start throwing stuff at you. That's just it's just it's it's wild. I don't I don't really know how to describe it, but um, just the kind of stuff that you're you see and the kind of stuff that you have to you do in this game is just amazing. There's also. There's also non-first-person shooty things happening in this game, Ooh. which is not something that you would expect. There's like random, uh, I don't want to, I mean, there's just like really creative detours that this game takes. I'll put it that way. Um, and you end up doing stuff that is just really like unexpected and just like cool as a result. Like uh, I'll, I'll give you a spoiler for one of the, one of the sections is like, a, like a spoof on the witness where it's just like you're doing like the witness <laughs> puzzles it's like a bonus level but it, it was way more fun than the witness like <laughs> what if the witness had a gun yeah but okay this gun that they keep showing where this guy he's throwing something in the air you can throw uh -huh. a coin in the air and if you shoot the coin it ricochets and does a headshot to like whatever's closest to it. Okay. <laughs> Which is cool, but you can also throw a coin and then use your rail gun and shoot the coin that you threw with your, the pistol. Uh, it's actually, so the, the coin is actually part of the pistol. It, it, it's with the pistol gun. So, but you can have your pistol equipped, throw a coin, switch to your rail gun, shoot it with the rail gun, and then it'll headshot something using mm -hmm. your rail gun but it also multiplies the damage so if you it, obviously the rail gun strongest gun in the game and if you shoot a coin with the rail gun it does just like absurd amounts of damage so yeah that's like a thing you can do there's a glitch <laughs> happening in in the gameplay video I'm just watching. watching this like this this video is ridiculous yeah. i did like i played we were talking about this on the discord again i would i played the demo of this for steam next fest, I guess it was like in August or September. And I definitely played the first level, which I think was on the demo. And it definitely is felt very normy. I came away being like, sure is a new school, old school shooter. Um, yeah, but this been all, hyping it up this all look, okay. So I'm showing like the opening of this game. It looks and feels like exactly what you're talking about. Like where, if this is, yeah, this is exactly what I played right here. I was like, yeah, I'm running around and then like it's a, so it's by New Bloods. So if you know New Bloods, you know, like their whole shtick of like new old school shooter games. I played this and I was like, yeah, I guess it's fine. It sure has got a gun and you shoot stuff. But then watching the montage shooting video Josh just showed, it's like a different. Yeah, game. it goes a lot 
different places after this first level. And because this first level, you basically only have the pistol. It feels like it's just going to be like it. It doesn't reveal like the the really interesting characteristics of its combat because you're not you're not ready to encounter that stuff yet. Right. Like if you were if it was to just show its hand at the very beginning, first of all, it would just be way too much to present a player with to start. I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling like I feel like Metroid was onto something. You like give people a lot of stuff and then take it all away. So you know what's coming. Cause <laughs> well, if it wasn't for you, right? Like I played the demo of this and I was like, nah, yeah, I've been here. Like, I don't want to do that. And like only in you like really being like, no, Kyle, seriously, like it gets better. Does that make me more interested in trying it out? Because yeah, I'm like even watching this video. I'm like, this looks fucking boring. Like, I don't want to play this like bad. Like it, it looks like what Josh is showing right now. It, it literally just looks like, Yes, a sort of like just, new old school doom. Like yes. it's slightly better graphics to be fair, more like to be fair. To, it's not like you have to play the game for five hours before you get to the good stuff. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it starts becoming very clear, like, you know, an hour in yeah. that it's like, yeah, 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 there's something else going on, but it, <laughs> it's, it's good. It's good. Um, y'all should check it out. Ultra kill. Uh, and then yeah, that. Soma. Do just do yourself a favor for me and play Soma if you haven't already. Like, good lord, the the just the thing like some of the reveals of this game are just like this is the absolute most brilliant thing I've ever seen a video game do. Like this is just in Soma, yes, or an Ultra Kill in Soma. <laughs> like it's just it's amazing. All right. Um, I played another weird weird Steam game. Lay it on me. What you know about how do you feel about tower defense? <laughs> you like tower defense, Josh? I you want some tower defense. I had a tower defense phase. I mean, I feel like there was a tower everyone, defense everyone phase. Yeah, you know, like it, particularly when flash games were big, mm-hmm. I would play a shit ton of of them. But not recently. I haven't had any tower games that really interest me because they're you know they're pretty idle games it's like it's like the midway between an idle game and then like a not idle game yeah but tower defense is like tower defense feels like a genre that like is a genre that video games dreamed of not in the sense of like it's the perfect genre but in the sense of like it's like if football and baseball were entities that could imagine a version of themselves like that's sort of like a tower defense. Like a tower defense does not make sense externally without the context of video games. Yeah. But like only through playing video games, do you realize the potential to make something like a tower defense? Um, well, Josh, I have news. Tower defenses are still alive and kicking. And I played one recently and it's called Legion TD two. Do you know about this at all? No. So this was a, this was similar in like the, um, like shit that was like real hot on steam and like no one was talking about it. And, uh, I was like tower defense. I like tower defense. Also tower defenses notoriously don't have like really good, um, standalone releases like traditionally tower, like Josh was saying tower defense was like flash games or there were like, um, uh, like Warcraft mods and like Dota mods and, and stuff like that. Those are all like the 
tower defenses are often like a fun side endeavor, but people don't really make like standalone tower defense really that much. Like that, it does happen. Don't get me wrong. Um, but like, it's, it's not, it's not super common. It's not super saturated, which is kind of weird. Like, I don't really know why that's the case, but, um, so anyways, this game was like doing really well on steam. This looks like a torchlight like, mod nice. or something. Yeah. It looks like a torchlight mod or it kind of looks like a league of legends mod. Yeah. Uh, I think it was, a, it was like a Warcraft three mod. So Legion TD one was a Warcraft three mod. And then uh. they basically been working on Legion TD two and they released it a few months ago, I think maybe like five months ago. Um, and I was like, I'll pay $25 to play like a well-produced tower defense. And it's, it's cool. I, I think that you would really like this game as, as my, I, I feel like if you gave this a shot, you'd be like, Oh fuck, <laughs> I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, so the premise is that you are, uh, so it's a tower defense. So if you'd never known what a tower defense was, you basically have a lane, like some area of like land and then enemies start on one side of the lane and move through that lane to the other side of that lane. And then between those two points, you place towers effectively. Um, towers can be different things, but you basically place things that attack the enemies as they move across the map. So Legion TD and Legion TD two, or like a presumably Legion TD one, the way this game works is that you have like, your towers, there's, I think there's like something like maybe like 90 or like a hundred different types of towers. They're kind of grouped by faction and you can also kind of like mix and match. But so you place towers down to block enemies as they come across and the towers can be upgraded. But then also it's kind of got this like Tetris attack thing where you can, um, spend some of the money that you earn by killing enemies to send, uh, send other minions to the other team's side. So you're playing it competitive. Like I think that you can do like one V one or like two V two, but so you've got two kind of lanes, you and the partner are going against other people and you can like throw stuff over to their lane as you kill it. Um, but the thing about this game that's like kind of interesting is that it's kind of got this like auto chess ish element. So in the video Josh is showing right now, Um, when you place down, so in in a lot of tower defenses, you know, a tower doesn't typically move, right? A tower you place down and the tower stays and you know, it's a tower. It doesn't move. So in this game, you actually sort of arrange your, like your towers, which are there in this game, they're like actually things that attack like a tank or like a water sprite or like a guy with a flamethrower or something. Um, and you place those down on the map. And then when the enemies spawn, depending on what towers you place down, they kind of like move to attack. So it's kind of got this like auto chess style thing where enemies spawn and then your people spawn up to try to like attack them. And then there's like all this other like complicated shit that happens in between that battle. So like certain attack waves have certain defenses that are stronger against certain offense types. You're kind of like mixing and matching these types to like get the right towers and stuff. And there's like this whole like layer of strategy that's like, again, like very auto chess, like about how you kind of engage with a given wave. And there's a little bit of like risk reward gambling about where you're spending your resources. Um, and it's like, it's cool. It feels like it's, it's got some of like the MOBA game style cruft, 
that I've talked about before. Yeah. I think we've, we've butted heads a little bit about this where it's like, it's got these things about it that are clearly like a manifestation of limitations that happened at the time when like this game was like made. Yeah. It's got that look, but it's sort of like carried through a little bit, but it's like, I don't know. It's kind of like you can get a, you can get like a solid match in, in like 20, 25 minutes. And it's like, it's scratching my noggin a little bit. I'm like, okay, there's something here. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I've been like enjoying that as like a pseudo competitive sort of skill based, like match thing. Um, I think you should try. I feel like, I feel like you would like this. I think you, you would be into this sort of thing, but, um, yeah, I've been, I've been like getting into that a little bit. Uh, and that was another one that was like doing really well on steam. And then I was like, I want to try this. It seems like well-produced and it is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's cool. I, it has that, like some of this, the UI looks like world of Warcraft mods. Oh yeah. It looks very like blizzard. <laughs> the whole, like the whole art direction of every bit of this game is like, Oh, we like, we just copied what like, look at this. This is, just, this is just like a spreadsheet, dude. DPS spreadsheet. Yeah, man. That's like <laughs> one of the developers like commented on the steam review about the game at release. And he was like, I want to make a game for me and my friends. He's like, I'm a try hard. I want to, I care about stats and like, I wanted to make a tower defense. So I made this game. <laughs> yeah. It, lo- it has and, like, that you vibe. Play it and, and you're like, yeah, it's, it's like, it's a game for try hard. This is, so this uh, is where MOBAs came from. Mm-hmm. It's called the lane pushing game. Funnily enough. Yeah, man. These are, these are the, the roots. Aeon of strife. Ooh. Look it up. Take Look it up. Um, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Check it out. Seems um, good. You want to answer? We got some questions. You want to answer some questions? Yeah, I'm down. Um, Wait, let me answer one. We have, um, we had every lead asked one in the YouTube. I love long form critique of games. How would you go about reviewing a game that removes old content to save space for new content like destiny two or games that have a large emphasis on user generated content? This is like the ongoing review thing. And it's something that I was sort of doing at Kotaku because they had this idea too, which is that they, they had this system called the embed system where there was these games that were putting out ongoing content and they wanted to have ongoing coverage of those games. So I was the person who was quote embedded in Hearthstone and I would write Hearthstone articles on a you know weekly basis. Um, and it's something that I think is really important and very difficult to ask of journalists to do, you know, like unless the game is like one of the top three games, it's very hard to have someone like only covering this one game besides like, you know, you know, of course they're going to, if Fortnite, if like Ninja collabs with Drake for a Fortnite stream, (laughs) you're, you're going to cover it. But there's a difference between that. And then like creating a review of a game that is ongoing and holistic, which I think is why we've seen platforms like YouTube become a lot more ubiquitous in this age because Mm -hmm. a lot of people for that type of content, they're not necessarily looking toward reviews. They're looking at like streamers who are talking about the game and like every single update and saying like, here's what I like about this update. Here's what I don't like about it. Here's how it changes the game, et cetera. And then they're looking at like user reviews on streams or on steam of what like the latest patch has done to the game and stuff like that. 
I don't think it's it, it, that being said, it is very hard. Like it takes a lot of resources or you just have to be a person who's like entire life is this game, which when you're a publication, yeah. like how are you going to beat that? You know, you're not going to beat that. I'm sorry. Like that's why I think like part of this question is like, there's an implicit bias of this question about like the sort of nature of what a review is supposed to do. And I'm not like totally sure that, that model of critique is useful for these circumstances. Like this is a, this comes up a lot as well. Like with like paradox games where like, or like, what does it mean to like review like Europa Universalis four or like Stellaris? And you know, if you don't know paradox, these are like really big strategy games that like a lot of people play. Um, Cause like Stellaris at launch is a very different game than Stellaris now but that also doesn't mean that the game is unilaterally better through every update. Like if you ask, if you like go to like Reddit and say like, what's the best way to play Stellaris? It's like, well, the base game plus like these seven pieces of DLC that all came out at different times that you have to toggle on certain settings and then set your map to this, right? Like there's no, there's no like canonical way these games sort of exist. And often the point of a review is to like say, that like that, that that like hey this thing that I can point at is like the thing that I'm talking about and what's so hard now is that you point at something and it like it's like your fucking Moses was it Moses yeah he like splits the splits the waters splits the sea and you yes. like your finger kind of Moses. like it was Moses right yes sir I wanted to say Noah but it's not Noah <laughs> so you Who's point your finger it's the yeah that was the art guy different not the art guy the water guy. The guy who is near the water, but not in the water. You poke your finger there and the, the game like splits around your fucking finger. And you're like, well, I was just looking there. Like, well, it's not the game anymore. This is actually, if you're interested in this, you should read. Um, I think it was Austin Walker's review of Halo Infinite and Giant Bomb uh, in like November. Got at a lot of these things where like it was sort of question. Oh, no, it was Jeff Gersman, I think. He's like questioning the idea, like, like what the purpose of a review is to review Halo Infinite. And I think like in some senses, it's easy to like malign the loss of like the review, like give me a score, man. But then I look at like what people like bullet points do friends of the show and fellow Superculture network people. And like, they spend a week talking about a game. And I think that what what's a happening month. is actually, I'm sorry, a month often yeah a piece per week yeah um like i think what they do that's really interesting is that like they're just i think like they're talking about the game they're not just trying to say like this game is good or bad you know which is often sort of the point of a review and i think that what's sort of happening that's kind of nice about these sorts of things is that it's because the whole concept of a review is sort of slippery you're getting kind of a broader like attempt at finding ways to critique these things. Often it comes to like talking about how a patch impacts like a specific game, which is like a concept that like does not work with normal reviews. Like even like, I think for a while Polygon used to try to do this thing where they'd like update their reviews with like better scores. And I think they dropped that after like two games. Cause like no one fucking cares. Like no one's going to go back and read the review of a game. That's got like, like who is going back and reading the review score for final fantasy 14 right now like fucking nobody nobody cares here's so here's the thing i 
I want to unpack too is that like yeah. we talk about the way that reviews have changed and we talk about like what reviews do and what reviews should do. But I also think it's worth talking about what we perceive as being compelling or worthwhile or denoting quality or denoting any sense of like good surrounding a game because it's difficult for us to acknowledge this, but there is a prevailing mentality about what makes a game good or like what makes a game high quality or what makes a game compelling that I, I, I feel like I once subscribed to, but which to me just no longer has any relation to like actually how I feel about a game. You know, like I guess that this is just like what makes a game good on paper is very often to me, like not what actually makes the game, my experience of playing a game good. And I, I, my hope, I guess, is that it is this way with other people, but they just don't acknowledge it or see it in themselves. (laughs) But I I don't know if that's the case, but let me give you an example, right? Candy Crush is not a quote good game, right? But like Mm -hmm. when I'm playing Candy Crush, it's like this shit feels good. Like that game, it feels (laughs) really nice. And like I can talk about that feeling forever. And I'm not the only one, obviously. I think there's a lot of people who play Candy Crush or played when it was still in its heyday. I don't. I don't know how Candy Crush is doing now. I'm just using this as an example. But I think it's crushing. You it. think it's still crushing? Hey, <laughs> I think a lot of people do play it for that reason. Like it's this. Yeah. It's this ineffable thing, which, if you're looking at a review of Candy Crush, nobody's going to talk about this. But is the real core reason why people are playing that shit, not because it's quote. Cool, good in the sense that like it's oh fucking candy crush is not balanced like oh i hate that i have to pay for to get this level i hate that this is a shitty game yeah like it was it was the laughing stock of video games to gamers for the better part of a decade but that's not to talk about that and to give candy crush a 2.0 is like sure maybe (laughs) maybe it is a 2.0 game but you're not really doing what I think a review should do, which is to like talk about what this game is accomplishing, what its role is, what its context is, why it matters, why it might appeal to the demographics that it appeals to, all these other things that have nothing to do with what score you might be giving that game, whether it's on Steam or whatever. Um, And so that's why I think that when we talk about reviewing these super, super long games, like, uh, like Kyle is kind of saying, like, I don't even know if that's a really useful way of looking at it as like, let me see, like League of Legends, for instance, like that game has been out for more than a decade and it's changed. But if I had like really captured the essence of what makes League of Legends a compelling experience in 2009, that review would still be relevant today. If on the other hand, I wrote about every single individual game mechanic and why this part of the game is slow and why this part of the game is kind of frustrating because it's a little bit mechanically clunky, all that shit would be thrown out the window by now, you know? 
But I don't think that in 2009, there, there was nothing to be said about League of Legends that would not still be relevant today. I could talk about, mm -hmm. I could talk for hours about the community that League of Legends builds and how as a team-based game, it's doing something different that will dis distinguish it from the rest of the games that surround it, despite the fact that a lot of it is a ripoff of shit that, right. that Valve and Blizzard have already, you know, accomplished in the past, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That to me is what a good review is. And I still don't think that we see very many of those, but I think that there's still space to say things that will be relevant about a game now as they will in 10 years, regardless of how much the mechanics change after a couple patches. And that what that's what makes a good review to me, but it requires you to have a fundamentally different understanding of what gives a game its quality and its context and its value. Yeah. That's my long answer to that question. Sounds good. I have more stuff yeah. I would love to say, but we should move on because, you know, yeah. whatever. <laughs> Talk all day about <sighs> reviews. <sighs> oh, I, well, one thing I did want to say, sorry, is it reminds me a little bit of like comedy where like if you talk to someone who like really likes comedy, they're like, why the fuck do you like Dane Cook? And like Dane Cook is like the candy crush of comedy in this analogy. And it's like, man, people aren't like, like, have, do you know anybody who's like into comedy? Because like the stuff that these people like is like not the stuff that like the mass market likes in part because the, like the value system is different about what hits with people that I think that there's something about like gamer affinity towards wanting to recognize excellence, like grounded or not inside of something. And then sort of, you know, promote that, uh, like value system and transpose that onto other things to deem if they too are excellent. Like that as like a critical framework is sort of antithetical to like understanding stuff like candy crush, because like you're saying, right. Candy crush is like a bad game. Dan cook in some ways is like a bad comedian. However, these are like candy crush is a very successful game. And Dan cook is like, a very successful, I don't even know if he's still doing his thing anymore, but like, <laughs> right, right, you know, right. In, in 2007, Dan Cook was <laughs> yeah, a very yeah, successful yeah. comedian. <laughs> um, and like, there's a lot of people like that. Right. And I think that like, even, even, even then, right. When these things come out, like comedy has like a different issue because people have specials or whatever, but like, how do you review comedy? Like, how do you review, how do you review like even like a Broadway show? Right. Like there's like, yes, there is a, there is a show that you can go and see and talk about your experience of, but like that show happens every night for like at least like a month or two. And if you're really lucky, like fucking Lion King for like two decades, like what is the, what is the point of a review and try to talk about those things when like even moment to moment, like your performance on a given night can vary vastly. And like, I feel like games games look at this as some like novel, unique problem that they have where it's like, oh, like we're releasing patches. How do we talk about our games? And it's like, you just talk about them. You just say like what it is now and focus on the stuff that sort of like critically matters. Like you're saying, Josh, like you don't just talk about graphics, like in the same way that if you're like doing a reviewing a stage production or something, you don't review it and talk about like the fact that someone was, you know, 
chomping on popcorn next to you the whole time. And that ruins your experience of the thing. Cause like there's no staying power to that critical site. And I think that the idea that you're sort of sketching out is like talking about things in a way that is, does actually critically engage with them and doesn't get like caught up in all the shit that like doesn't actually have to do with talking about something. And you know, so that's my, that's my, I mean, I, there's so much to say. Like the other, like so it makes say. me think so of, it say. makes me think of like the idea that, and, and I've said this just a few minutes ago, which is that like the notion that streamers and whatnot are the people to really pick up the banner on this and, yeah. and, and move forward and, and talk about games in an ongoing way. But like that also loses the sight of the fact that, these people are the ones who end up controlling the conversation. These people who play League of Legends every fucking yeah. day of their lives and are like way too into the scene. So of course, when the one deck that they don't like gets a buff or the one <laughs> deck that they that gets that like they hate, right? That they really like does get a buff. Like it's that doesn't matter. It doesn't say much about the actual quality of the game to you, the average player. You know, and and yet somehow everyone has placed themselves as vicarious, like other versions of these streamers who play these games 24 hours a day. And that's just yeah. not aligned with reality. Like there's no there's very yeah. little middle ground of like people who understand why the average person loves a game and can relate that in terms that are very, very uh, relatable and ring true to the people who play the game you know to the average person who plays the game so i don't know uh it's a very complex topic uh but i think that we should really interrogate what we perceive to be quality in games because half the time when someone's telling you something is good or bad in a game it does not actually align with what you actually care about when you're playing a game if you think, really think about it well, quality is just a boring thing to talk about. I, I'm, like, I'm using that like, as like a stand. I'm personally using that as like a stand in for no, something no, no. that I, like I, I, I enjoy I, about a game personally. I agree with you. Right. I think yeah, that like, yeah, I, the I, idea I what you're of saying. like the idea of like the quality of something is such like a rote, like that's really fun to talk about when you're trying to like catalog all your shit. Right. And it's like to talk critically about something. It's like, quality is like one sort of slice of the dimension of like what makes something, you know, good. If that, if something can really be said to be good at all, that quality is kind of like a part of that. I think that that's, what's so hard is that everybody focuses on quality. And then like, if you stray from that, right. If you talk about anything that's not quality, like, I don't know, something like worker practices or like cultural sensitivity or like ways of depictions of like, stereotypes and stuff like any, any, like any other dimension that doesn't have to do with quality, like everybody will fucking hate your guts <laughs> when it comes to a video game. Cause the idea that there is something a video game is trying to do that's not quality is like the idea that it's happening at all is like annoying for people to think about. And then the idea that you would talk about it in a way that it's doing something that's not trying to be the best game. That's like, what I'm saying is like you need to interrogate yeah. your own perception of what quality is because the prevailing view of what that entails is 99% of the time fucking stupid. Like, yeah, think about how important the amount of hours a game is has become 
like if a game is short, people think it that's a bad thing. Like what? What if a game is 500 hours long? Like, what the fuck? Who has ever <laughs> played a game for like that's like 80 hours long and thought like, oh yeah, that needed to be 80 hours, bro. That 100% <laughs> needed to be 80 hours long. That doesn't it doesn't mean a damn thing. I I it it's mind-boggling, dude. I, people I don't even, I don't want to get into this rant. I don't want to get I don't into want to it. Get Let's into go to the it. next question. Next question from frequent bullet points writer, sometimes bad end contributor Yusuf Cole asks, what do you think about the metaverse? And here's what I have to say. I want to talk about this, but I do not want to talk about this right now. On this podcast. Yeah. Let's uh, not. I, I got terribly so much sorry. stuff to say about the metaverse. Y'all ain't ready. Final Fantasy. If only I had a newsletter. Final Fantasy 14 is the metaverse. <laughs> is the metaverse, yeah. Go play Final Fantasy 14. Uh, Davis asks, is there any reason to buy a PS5 or Xbox series? He didn't finish which Xbox series it is, so let's just assume he meets both of them. Um, I want a PS5, even though there is no reason for me to buy one. I think that yeah. like those, the haptics seem really cool and I want to play the Ratchet and Clank game. That's really haptics. What haptics are going on in the PS5? The triggers, the, the new dual, are they like, dual have, like sense. feedback? Yeah, dude. It's like, it's like, it makes you feel like there's like, if you're on like a sandy beach, it makes you Someone's feel like, like there's like sand on your hands and stuff like crazy shit like that. <laughs> Where like it, there's like these things where like you're pulling like a rope, like you're like pulling a rope in a game. Well, I've heard like this is actually a huge step when it comes to like video game immersion. sensory immersion. My immersion. Like, no, I've actually heard very cool I mean, things. Sure. About this. It seems cool. I'll try it. Um, But there's like these little mechanisms in there that make it so that like some things things will require you to like press harder to do the thing. Like if you're pulling a rope, like you'll have to really push the, the triggers harder and it feels like you're like actually struggling to pull a rope type thing. My weak fingers can't pull the trigger. On I don't think it's like, I don't think it requires SMG. that much. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be like you, did you ever, how many pounds of resistance it's giving you. But let me look this up. You got I'm going to tell you the name of this thing and you got to bring it up on this video. Do you remember this? Like, PC peripheral in like the early two thousands. I think it was like Falcon something. It was like a giant white. It actually looked very similar to um like the head in like Portal. I forget what the name of it is. Like I'm like ninety five percent sure they designed that Portal head thing based off this controller. But there's like the Novint Falcon. Yeah, is that? I think that's exactly what it is. Is it this? I'm showing it on the... Yes, 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 yes. Oh, wait, hold on. I lost the video. I have I have a video up right now. All right, bring it, bring it up, 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 bring it up. God, this... Yes, this thing! Yes, this was like the PC peripheral of like the um, like late 2000s. Could be Wii 2.0. Like you like hold that little ball 
And it, it's like those like articulating arms like push back against you. So every time someone talks about a haptic controller, I think of the fucking Novant <laughs> Falcon because like who had this? Like I knew nobody that uses. Also, you can put a, there's a gun peripheral too. I don't think I got the gun peripheral. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what is this? Get to the gun part. What it's so good. You can like, can like attach a gun. So like the, the arms, like, they, they like push back against like the gun so you could like shoot the gun and you would like feel like <laughs> you look like a fucking chode when you use it too. To be fair, this like looks pretty in like dope. Half-Life. Yeah, this looks pretty dope. Because yeah, you could yeah, you can do like you can basically it's like a mouse in 3D. This was a dead end, but look at this. Doesn't this thing look like it looks like the head in portal? I forget what the thing is called. I have no, I have no recollection of that thing's name. But even like it's got a little like blue symbol. I mean, it's basically like an analog VR controller. Yeah, like it, like is it maps? It's tracking. It's yeah, maps. it's like tracking via these little arms that are coming out of the machine, as as opposed to, you know, these cameras that are tracking v- via imagery and whatnot. Wow, <laughs> this thing is so ridiculous. <laughs> The design looks oh my God. like it's supposed to be thrown away in in two years. <laughs> yeah. This definitely ends up in a Goodwill and someone's like, is this a fucking blender? <laughs> it looks like a sex thing. I, wonder, I feel like this company, it doesn't look like a sex thing. I feel like this company probably got bought by like a sex, fucking a sex thing. <laughs> Let's see. It's a Raytheon. It's a Raytheon subsidiary yeah, now. Like a, this is like what's used to fucking bomb the shit out of like <laughs> just brown people. Dude, I wasn't wrong. Novent spent several years focusing on custom development for a variety of companies, including ready for this Lockheed Martin, Chrysler, Chevron, Mobile, Armco, and Harvard. <sighs> Lockheed Martin X Marvel. Lockheed Martin X. What is this? Novint Falcon. Falcon. God. They, oh, wait, check this out. Here's a little time capsule. They said they were going to, they were going to announce plans to launch the Novit Falcon on June 18th, 2006. And then in quotes on Wikipedia, it says Tom Anderson's 32nd birthday. Oh, Tom Anderson being the guy who founded MySpace. So God. I don't know why that's relevant, but it's here. <laughs> the world's first consumer 3d touch device well look at this having effectively this brought is the pretty cost cool down. though this is like a compelling tech demo though like look at this guy look at this oh, guy in this video pulling. though like imagine you like walk your mom walks in and you're like i'm just pulling like, this chicken's ass like, i just I just, pull, just pull on this little thing so there's like resistance in this there's this part of this tech demo where he's like touching a like kind of stress ball looking thing a massive stretch ball apparently stress team ball. fortress 2 currently has support for the novent falcon <laughs> bro are you playing on a novent falcon bro i'm using touch controls but it's the novent falcon <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah man splatoon's great i've been using touch controls on the novent falcon and it's just it's exactly what i want out of this game look at these little games they didn't get man. acquired what happened what happened <laughs> this looks absolutely nope. awful this game this monkey one <laughs> this experience looks well, they terrible. Said, dude, listen to this. No, like they said they they signed. Where's this at? It says they signed seven AAA games 
Valve was basically all fucking in. Valve says in 2009, they released updates to Half-Life 2 Episode 1, Episode 2, Portal, and Team Fortress 2 with support for the Novint Falcon. Yeah, look, he's showing the, the Novint in Half-Life. Oh, yeah, he's Noventing. Can you imagine holding your arm like that for the duration of Half-Life 2? <laughs> this like, is... That's, that's a... That's a you're hard gonna get to maintain. Cubital tunnel. Swole. You, you're gonna get some kind of just. You're gonna need an occupational therapist after this. Yeah. I've always wanted to hold a gun for thirty hours straight <laughs> in a very very rigid sitting position. <laughs> just your arm just constantly just your elbow constantly bent. The best part of the end of the saga is that Novent.com seems to now just be a content mill for like bad articles about haptic technology. Although in January 16th, they published an article calling or saying which PC has the most brutal beginning, which PC game. And it's Half-Life. Go play Half-Life, it says. Go play oh, Portal. So there's some yeah, modernity. The 2009. Okay, do you have more questions? Is this we've been talking about the Novent Falcon? This yes. is like a giant bomb episode <laughs> <Falcon>. now. <laughs> uh, is there a reason to buy a PS5 or Xbox Series blank? Uh, which we were just trying to answer. I kind of want an Xbox because I want to play Halo on my TV, TBH. But that's like I also want to play the Demon Souls remaster. Yeah, I mean, and an Xbox, you at least you get your Game Pass on there too, which is nice. You get the Game Pass, the best deal. Although Sony's launching a Game Pass thing too. Well, soon, they had one, so didn't they? Who the fuck knows? A better one. They had PlayStation no. Plus. They're launching like a real, yeah, they're launching like a real Game Pass. Like y'all get some games from us. What are y'all doing outside of games as far as reading, listening, watching, cooking, etc.? I've been cooking a lot. Oh, what have you been Getting cooking? really into Kenji Lopez Alt's channel on YouTube. Mm. buying a bunch of new mm. kitchen gear. I just bought a new set of pans. Hell yeah. Stoked for that. I've been cooking a lot of like stir fries. Very easy to do. Um, also greens. There's a lot of space for greens, man. You, you can go, if you go to your local H Mart or Asian supermarket uh -huh. and just pick out some random ass greens, dude, just throw that shit in, you know, put on some oil. Just stir fry, man. Stir fry that shit, and I guarantee you it'll be good. I had some pea tips. Freaking mm. peas. Like leaves from the pea plant. There's like, Who there's knew? all kinds of just like crazy greens in there that you can just grab and throw them on a pan. It'll be really good. You can even do lettuce. Well, I mean, you don't, you don't want to saute the lettuce. You don't want to stir fry yeah, the no. lettuce, but there's this really good... Check out Kenji Lopez alt channel. He's got this really good like steamed lettuce dish with a little sauce on there. Mm, so good. I'm going to mm. make some fajitas for dinner. Mm. I've also been playing a lot more piano. I am trying to learn Ooh. this like book of Bach songs. I'm on, I'm on like the seventh song. Um, It's like I could play a lot of stuff that sounds and looks a lot harder than this, the stuff in this Bach book. But Bach is, he's very popular when it comes to teaching piano because a lot of the stuff that is in his songs is very good for teaching you like basic principles of like how the piano works and they're very challenging in those like ways that will make you a better player <laughs> so every time i play one of these songs like i come back and it makes me better i've been playing back getting back into tennis too um and i've noticed that like sight reading on piano and playing piano and getting used to like my mind working that way has maybe made me a better tennis player been playing a lot of chess okay even though i still suck absolute ass at chess 
Um, and then I watched Attack on Titan, all of Attack on Titan. What a weird show. What a weird show. I haven't seen none of it's that. I, wa- I always want to watch it, but I've dude. never seen. It's I want to watch weird. giants eat people. So Yeah, I mean, and then it turns out uh, there's a lot of uh, very uh, World War II evocative imagery in there. And it feels like the show is. Hey, didn't the show get like canceled? Because it was like. Yeah, but. It like did something. Yeah, racist. like apparently they were, they were saying like the guy who made it is like a Holocaust denier or like something, some <laughs> shit like that where it's like just he. Oh my God. I don't know if this is actually the case or like that the person was like anti-Semitic or something like that, but it doesn't. The show is not. It, it is, seems very anti-fascist to me. Uh, I could, you know, maybe I'll be caught with my pants down come the next few episodes because it's on the final season right now, season four. And, uh, but yeah, every week does feel like maybe they'll come out with the thing that like makes this whole thing Nazi propaganda. It feels hmm. like that could happen. It still, it's still going? Yeah, yeah. It's on the last Damn. season right now. But gotcha. what's wild about this show is that the first season was in 2013 and then the second season was in 2017. So 2013 to 2017. Big gap. Large Big gap. gap. And then after that, it was like 2020. Mm-hmm. No, I think it was 27. No, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. There was some Yeah, there was like happened. some large gaps between. Ranking of oh. Kings. Go watch that. I was trying to watch that, but I got to fucking subscribe to Crunchyroll and I'm like, mm, you don't get a trial. Mm, no, you don't. Maybe you do. I don't know. I got you. I, I subscribed to Crunchyroll at one point and I was I got like, you. all right, bro. I got you, bro. Yeah, bro. I'm trying to think what I've been doing. I feel like I've been, I was like, always want to read more and I don't, but I have been playing, still playing a lot of board games. I've been playing the King is dead, which is really good. Which we could talk about at some point. Um, I've been playing board games too. Star Wars Outer Rim, Star Wars Outer Rim. What have you been playing? I'm playing board games a lot during the holiday season. You're playing Elder are you playing Arkham Horror or something? Cthulhu, oh, I right? got, um, I actually haven't played it. It's like the Mansions of Madness second edition, yeah, which yeah, has yeah. like an iPad component, which is really dope. They yeah. have these escape room games called Exit. Highly recommend oh, those. Yeah. I played one uh, with like my mom during Christmas time and it's like a one-time thing, but it's like, mm-hmm. it's like an escape room or like the room, the game in a box. In a, in a box. Yeah. And it's really cool because yeah, it's like super interactive, really creative puzzles. I was like unbelievably surprised at how good that thing was. Everyone was like having a lot of fun with it. And they're not even like people who play a lot of games either. You know, played some Jaipur. Yeah. Jaipur. Have you played that? One on one. I played Jaipur. Good game. Fun game. Uh, I got this one called Wavelengths. Have you heard of that? I do. Yeah. I was a Kickstarter backer. <laughs> yeah. I, I got wavelength. That was, that was actually wave wavelength was the, uh, that was the last game I played before the pandemic. We played mm. like wavelength at a new year's party and going into 2020. And then like the pandemic basically started. And I was like, I think that's the last time I played a board game with people was wavelength. That's an easy one to January play, 31st. but it's hard to describe. Yeah. Um, shout out Casey. If you're listening, I hear you. Who's um, that? Oh, someone you played the game with? No, I, I, I know the people who made Wavelength and I know the guy oh. who's making the mobile app. So oh. I think he might listen to Bad End. <laughs> oh, um, shouts out. 
Shouts out, cool game. shouts out to, I think they're called Parquet Courts. That's a band. That is the band name. They have some name. Parquet Courts. Very yeah, there's the, the, the studio that Great makes band. Wavelength. has a similar name to that. Um, Great band. Great band. Uh, oh, I got I got uh, Eclipse Second Edition for Christmas, as well as this game called Brick and Mortar that I've been like dying to play, but I don't want to talk about those until I play them. Uh, I watch a lot of fucking TV. I watched like almost all of the last OG, which is Tracy Morgan's. Oh, TV is show. that good? Sort of. It's like good and bad. Like I'm not a Tracy Morgan fan, but I found myself watching three seasons. Yeah, I'm surprised you're watching that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I watched three seasons of it. <laughs> the fourth season just came out. It's like weird. Like it feels like w- something weird happened in the end of the third season where they like lost their budget because like the show just like totally changes. They're like, oh yeah, all those people you like are in jail or they're gone. So here's a new cast of characters. And you're like, what? So that's weird. Uh, the new what? season of Righteous Gemstones I've been watching. I fucking love that show because I grew up in the South. So holla. I watched something else. Oh, I've been watching actually like a very like, uh, I don't know. It's it's very CW. It's called Abbott Elementary which is, a, it's sort of like Parks and Rec, but set inside of an elementary school, I think in, oh, it's what? in Philadelphia. Why yeah, are you watching these shows? <laughs> just sitting down at night and just being like, what am I going to do? I'm going to watch some TV. Uh, Man, you're getting old, Kyle. I know. You're watching a it's Tracy like- Morgan show for fun. <laughs> you're telling me, man. <laughs> it's, it's easy. It's easy, right? It's like 20 minutes yeah. of like easy watching. That's oh, anime the, I, for me. I finished the expanse. So I've watched all of the expanse. Oh, that's cool. I haven't seen it, but I, I really want to watch that. I've seen like some of the first episode. I think. And then like, I mean, get on the anime the, train, bro. I know I got to get on that. I got on that crunchy roll, man. Um, oh, I was, I started watching the new season of the Dota show. Mm. I really like the first season of that. So I'm excited to keep watching that. Cause I think that's pretty good. So I've been watching, a lot of TV. I watched a lot of movies too. Oh man, I watched the fucking new the Paolo Flims. Sorrentino movie. Have you seen this? The Hand of God? No. It fucking blows. Don't watch it. Okay. <laughs> it's so bad. Thank so you. I don't know. That's the shit that I'm doing. Watching a lot of TV and movies. Sitting what? at a computer for me is just like, it's work, right? Like it's hard for me to like be like, I'm going to stay in my office and play Age of Empires 4. You got to go from bad, you go no more bad screen, go to good screen. Yeah. 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 All day Um, I look at bad screen so I can look at good screen. Um, Final questions. Davis mm -hmm. asks again, do we have any interest in what Playdate is doing? Yes. I really want one. Do you care? No. Josh Josh doesn't care. Next question. Cool, but not my thing. Cool, but not his thing. I mean, who knows? Maybe something will come out for it that makes really makes me want to get it. But hardware doesn't compel me as much as software, I think, is where I stand on the play day at this point. That's fair. That's fair. What um, is the most twee game? Life is Strange. I, Life is Strange comes to mind. Like something like Gone Home comes to mind. Gone um, Home is actually the first thing. I, I think Gone Home is not actually that twee. But it's not like, yeah, it's not really twee. Ooblets. But that's like, that's also nice core is like twee adjacent. 
That's true. <laughs> they're they're different. You know what? Um, what's, what's the what's night the, in the no, woods? Night in the woods could be twee. like borderline twee. Don't starve is pretty twee. I feel like there's a lot, a lot night of in twee. the woods. Night in the woods. Don't starve. Night in the woods. Night in the I'm, woods is like I'm kind, positing kind of, kind of twee. None games don't really have that Night sense of like kind of like alt. Oh, 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 um, what about a short hike? Yeah, that's pretty twee. pretty twee. I just feel bad saying that's twee because I do really like a short hike. <laughs> yeah, but like good twee. Oh, you know, it was really twee. Uh, wide ocean, big jacket. That game was twee as fuck. That sounds twee, even though I've never played it. Actually, in the frog frog detective games, those are pretty twee. Oh yeah, I played Very one twee. of those, and I hundred percent see that. If it was made in Australia, it's twee. That's just that's the rule. <laughs> Overall, like what I don't know what it is about video games, but the people that make video games are not very good at doing the like detached bookish aloof mm-hmm. but still emotionally invested aesthetic I'm not, my, my thought is like what's the mumford and sons kentucky route games? zero is like kentucky route zero is pretty twee but it's got more but it's not you know? yeah it's, it's like not, it's not like it is but it isn't yeah all right last question which game series give off gives off the biggest mcu vibe Assassin's Creed. Which is game there, series gives off the most? I mean, that's not an MCU game, I'm I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, the Marvel <laughs> games. Um, I mean, fucking Nintendo? I don't know. Like, they, they shove, no, like, it doesn't have Mario that vibe. No, in those games. no. Okay, okay. No. I mean, like, Halo comes what, to what mind. What games? There's been, like, three games. What do you mean? No, I don't think it's Halo. You need to have MCU things, cast of characters, too much irony. League of Legends. You need to have dialogue. Arcane, dude. I know, but like that just happened. I think they would love to see an MCUification of the League of Legends universe. Like they like, are, yeah, they, that's what they're who's doing. Who's excited for someone named Jace? A lot of people. <laughs> A lot of people. No. No, I don't want yes, to hear a that, lot Josh. of people. I don't want to hear that that's the case. Uh, we got a commenter. Finished Disco Elysium the other day. Amazing game. Yes. Hell yeah. My friend, it is. Listen to Savoir Faire, a Disco Elysium podcast on a Superculture <laughs> Review to cool hear plug. us talk about it for a very long time. Also listen to the Game of the Year episode that year that it came out, 2020? No, 2019. 2019? Fuck. Ugh. Yeah, listen to tw- 2019 uh, game of the year episode. We talk about it a lot on that. I think I had some good things to say about it on that one. Um, if you are looking for deep dive stuff, which I usually am after I finish <laughs> games like that. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, that's it, man. We, we did, we got through a lot of stuff. We talk about what we're doing, what we're going to do, what we're, what we might do. I'm this excited. Next ep. I'll, I'm going to have some Pokemon under my belt and I'll okay. be locked and loaded with some takes. Okay. And we might have a guest. <laughs> we might have a guest. So maybe I won't talk about Pokemon on that episode. I mean, maybe it'll come up still. Maybe it'll come. I wonder but, what the, the uh, if we get this those. guest, it'll be so cool. Like I'm so excited. I'm, it's going to be like 
peak bad end guess. Listen, Josh, I think Jordan Peterson would be totally fine being on the podcast. He'll don't be don't worry. All right, okay, okay. He's gonna he's gonna love coming on, and then Ben Shapiro's there to back him up. It doesn't work out, so we're good. Weird side tangent, real quick. There was a video I was watching about the philosophy of Soma that cited a no. Jordan Peterson tweet <laughs> that made me feel really weird. That's when you've gone too like, deep. I didn't know like, he uh-oh. was like a, I didn't know he was a philosophy guy. He's but got, I, guess, I think, I think his whole thing is that he's got like pretty like mundane, normal takes. And then it sort of like works into like weird, like trad family shit real is, quick. Yeah, is he like one of those guys who's like well respected in some like random academic field, but like he says all this other shit about like other random stuff, and like just because he's like got a PhD in like one thing, people think he's a credible source about I mean, other things. That's probably true. <laughs> people are like, hmm. "Well, he's a doctor, so obviously he has to be smart." And it's like, "Oh, buddy." <laughs> hmm. All right. Well. All right. We are Bad End Podcast. I think we're going to wrap this up now. Yeah? Wrap it up, man. All right. We're Bad End Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us, as always. Uh, If you want to find us, reach out. You can find us on Twitter, Bad End Podcast, uh, or at Bad End Podcast on Twitter. Uh, You can email us at badendpod at gmail.com. Our Patreon, if you want to support us, patreon.com slash badend that will give you uh, access to our Discord. One of the best places on the internet, in my opinion. One of my places, favorite places to hang out on the internet right now and has been for like going on two years now. Hell yeah. We've got a cool community. Um, and thank you for joining. Uh, if you're listening to this, the audio version, it's also on YouTube. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Um, but if, you know, we, we talked a lot about like visual things so yeah if you (laughs) if you are subbed to us on audio check out our youtube channel and subscribe to us there to support the show if you can't uh subscribe to our patreon and vice versa if you are on watching this on video uh maybe go subscribe to the podcast as well super helpful uh rate us and review us also super helpful we are part of super culture network go check out bullet points monthly heterotopias Funland, um and the super culture review And yeah, we will see you in a couple weeks. Thank you so much for tuning in. Later.